Moving to Live is a podcast about movement and exercise. We bring you interviews with professionals in the movement and exercise field. The goal is to provide information for other professionals and also amateur movement aficionados, people who understand that movement is part of what makes life complete. Some of the people we interview you will have heard of. They're well known in and outside of the movement and exercise profession. Others you may not have heard of, but they have a great deal of knowledge to share. Many people doing the best work spend their time working with people, not working on their social media presence. We're going to give you a chance to learn from some of these talented and knowledgeable individuals, and we're going to learn along with you. Moving to Live podcasts are going to be short. Each interview will be long enough to impart usable information, but short enough to be able to be consumed in a single bout, during your workout, commute, or even during dinner prep. We all like long-form interviews, but time is valuable. Moving to Live wants to give you the option to learn and be entertained without needing to commit 60 minutes at a time for an interview. Give Moving to Live a listen. Check out our sister podcast, FitLab PGH, which highlights people, businesses, events, and activities in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area that make movement a priority. Moving to Live would love to hear from you. Want to connect with us or have an idea for somebody you think we ought to interview? Drop us an email, mov2liv at gmail.com, or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, both underscore mov2liv. We're excited to bring you these interviews, and we think you'll enjoy each and every one that we bring you. Welcome back to another episode of Moving to Live. This is part two of our interview with Dr. Sarah Duvall in part one, which you hopefully listened to two weeks ago. If you didn't, go back to our website and listen to it. We talked to Sarah about her career as a pole vaulter and the recognition that maybe that wasn't the end-all to be-all due to numerous injuries. She described how she wanted to become a physical therapist from the age of 14, how she was a physical therapist went back to school, got a doctorate in physical therapy. So she has a master's and a doctorate after opening and hiring people for a number of clinics due to job transfers and job changes of her husband. She found herself in Virginia and now currently in Boston. After having a couple of children, she became much more interested in women's health and now focuses on that with her business, Core Exercise Solutions. So Sarah, thanks for joining Moving to Live for part two of our interview. Ah, thanks for having me again. Since we're going to spend this part of the interview talking not so much about your background, but more about your business and how it differs from traditional physical therapy and traditional exercise, what exactly is Core Exercise Solutions? It is just my website uh, with you know blog posts. So that was how it started, was just getting information out. So just a blog post and then it just... I, I couldn't come up with a better name if you want the honest truth. <laughs> I'm not super creative with names. And I see some of these really catchy business names. I'm like, oh, that's great. But that was that was as good as I could come up with at the time. And we talked a little bit at the end of the part one interview that uh, you first became or not probably not first became, but became more interested in women's health after you had some problems uh, postpartum and you realized or you found out very quickly that the traditional approach to addressing postpartum problems, well, just do some more Kegels, wasn't working for you. And I guess the first question that I want to ask along these lines is, is some sort of a specific or organized or laid out training program, for lack of a better term, 
beneficial or should it be highly recommended for most women postpartum or only when they have problems? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I'm, I originally started core exercise solutions and focused on back pain because that was primarily what I treated in Charleston was chronic back pain, uh, being out of pocket pay. And so I, uh, I, <laughs> I most of that was where most of the focus was. But going into this women's health thing, I really see the need for preventative medicine. And then what I saw in the clinic, especially in Virginia and here, was women that were, you know, 15, 20 years down the road and they were dealing with issues. And after having a kid and then another kid, I was like, wait a minute, this is some lingering stuff from the adaptations of pregnancy. And that's when it started really putting two and two together for me where I was like, wait a minute, that could be prevented. <laughs> That's being caused by that. And so I really saw a little bit more insight into postural changes and muscle adaptations within the body from the dramatic weight uh, change that happens during pregnancy. Do you think it would be beneficial or do you have in your programming where women start during the pregnancy and progress on with exercises after they give birth? Or is this something that you recommend they start after birth? Well, my program focuses on after birth, uh, but definitely starting, I mean, starting whenever, I mean, it, making sure that you know how to stack your ribs over your pelvis and you making sure your diaphragm is functioning properly, making sure, you know, you have that base level of support in your body, making sure you're, you're deep breathing so that you can get your pelvic floor on board and activating correctly with your diaphragm is huge for women for prevention of pelvic floor issues. And so I don't think the breathing aspect is talked about enough. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Dr. Shirley Sarman, not so much for postpartum women, but for back pain talks quite a bit about oh. breathing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you get a good breath in, you are giving the disc a little bit of natural attraction. I mean, it feels amazing. You're releasing your psoas. You're, you're, you're really, it's incredible for what it can do to the back. And I've used it to treat many, many back patients as well. And I know with the back patients, when you hurt, there's a tendency to tighten all the muscles up in a splinting technique and mm -hmm. really spending four or five minutes with proper deep diaphragmatic breathing, all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can actually move a little bit. Oh, and if you want to perform a miracle with somebody with facet impingement or stenosising, I mean, getting them opening, getting some back body diaphragm expansion is, I mean, it's going to make them a world of difference in a couple minutes. So you described in the first interview how you moved around a little bit due to job transfers since your husband is in uh, high-tech industry. And when you moved to Virginia, you described, it's like, I'm going to start an online business. Yes, that's I had a, it. That, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really easy thing to say, I'm going to start an online business. But as somebody who is fairly new to starting podcasts and fiddling around with web pages and web addresses and all of the variety of other things. You already were an experienced businesswoman having opened a couple of clinics for somebody who's listening and they say, you know, I think I've got some good information. I'm like, Sarah, I've got this niche that I think I can go in, hopefully not competing with you. Well, it's okay. I think there, there needs to be more. There's there's a lot of fish in the sea. So I think there needs to be more of us with louder voices getting this great information out. So I quit getting these 
terrible emails from women about these bad experiences in physical therapy that should not be happening. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So, so what was the first step you said to your husband? He said, you know, I'm going to start an online business or how, how did it go about? No, the first thing you do is write a book. So I have a 10,000 word back pain book written and just sitting on my computer. <laughs> I'm probably never going to do anything with. Then <laughs> you move into the online business. So yeah, so basically it started with me working on that because I was like, well, I mean, back pain is what I've mostly been treating, pelvic pain, hip pain, uh, SI joint issues. I was like, that's what I'm going to focus on. And then, then comes along issues after baby. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this focus needs a change, especially after I had so much trouble finding the resources that I wanted. Uh, so that was, then my passion began, okay, these women need this information and how can I empower them to be autonomous in their care? And the only way I can do that is if I educate them. So one comment, a professional maid, she started my program and she was in the Facebook group that my women are in. She's like, you're the women in your program, the lay people in your program, know more anatomy words and know more about how the body functions than the average trainer does. She was just blown away. I'm like, yeah, these women, they really want to be self-educated. They really want to take control of their bodies. They don't want somebody giving them an opinion and they, and they're just, you know, stuck with what they're getting. They want to know, they want to know what their options are. So I think it's, it's just really cool to educate people. I'm kind of curious. I know on the side kind of as a fun job to keep my skills up since I teach, I do a little personal training slash Pilates teaching on the side. And I find the best clients are the ones who come because they've exhausted everything else and they hurt. And they don't want to hurt because they want to be able to do things. Do you think that the women that you work with, the lay people, not the professionals, are super motivated because things aren't working the way they should work and they want to get on with their life and enjoy life like they did before they had their child? Do you oh, think? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely, definitely. And it will, especially when you're the third or fourth person that they've been to and I used to uh, seeing people in person back in Charleston when I was starting to build up my practice. I would have people come in and they would be super skeptical. I'm not sure if this is going to work. I've already been to X, Y, and Z physical therapist. And I was like, tell you what, you don't pay me until you start getting better. And they look at me like, what? And I'm like, no, I think that's how all healthcare should go. You have something that is fixable. I should be able to fix you. It might not be the first thing I try. It might not be the second. I might have to troubleshoot everything. But we're going to make this work if you're willing to do what I tell you to do. And that usually wins them over. And then you've got that whole belief system going on for helping people get better that I think the mental aspect plays such a huge role in it. So, you I mean, just tell people you work for free if uh, they don't have to pay you if they don't get better. It's a great way to build a business. <laughs> How much do you think the, uh, these women were coming to you as the second, third, fourth, fifth, not choice, but option because they weren't getting help? The previous options or the previous people they saw, do you think it was they didn't know how to treat them or just because the way the typical healthcare model is set up, they didn't have time to spend with them that it would take to actually treat the problem? Uh, you hit that on the head there. I mean, I think there's there's a lot of really good PTs and they're thrown into these clinics where they're working. They're seeing too many people. They're seeing two, two people at once. They're seeing a patient every 20 minutes. I mean, you can't adequately treat people in that environment. I mean, it's really, really constraining. And I think it's, it's pretty horrible for the patient. 
so I think there's some of that. I think there's just the environment. I think we've got some great PTs out there that are just working in environments where they're not able to bring the best care day in and day out. And then I, there's definitely the people, especially in person, where PT has failed for, or I get the people from pelvic floor PT who are like, okay, Kegel's don't work. What now, Sarah? So then I get to put on my investigative hat and figure out what else is going on, which is so much fun. I love that part of it. Like, okay, this traditional approach or this this first line of defense has failed. Okay, what now? And that's that's where it just gets interesting and fun. And that's what I love so much about this profession. And I think it would be interesting to some of the listeners, most of us do not specialize in women's health, but we may come across a woman who is having problems and we we may want to refer them to you. What are the sorts of problems women are going to have postpartum where they end up coming to you or taking your course? So, well, and one other good thing about the online space that I found is the ease. I mean, women with these small kids, they either have to get babysitters or try to take a kid, and that's often really, really hard. Uh, so that's just another great benefit of the online space as well. And I want to break in there. I, I know when you graduated in 2005, the idea of doing an online business was probably in its infancy. If you're like me at that point in time, it's like, wow, you mean I can get a website with my own name on it? <laughs> so true. I think I did that actually, but I don't think I, I did anything with it. <laughs> it was just the excitement. I'll, I'll age myself a little bit. I uh, In 1994, I went to Auburn University to get my doctorate and I was all excited because I was going to get my first email address. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> So, so going back to, I know we got a little bit off topic, but what, what is it that uh, women will complain of or what will be the problems oh, be? Okay. Because if somebody is a personal trainer, you know, many people are very self-motivated. It's like, okay, I've had my child. The doctor has said, go ahead, you're released. I can't do anything more with you. Go, go have fun. And immediately they go back to their trainer who may have no background. And maybe it's like, oh, well, you've just become a wimp because you had a kid. So the, the first thing to get across is doctors are not trained in checking for muscle function. So that OB might check them out postpartum and clear them, but they're not actually checking to make sure their pelvic floor is working properly. So I really just want everyone to know that and get that out there. Like unless you see someone trained in muscle function, I mean, I've got a four-year degree a four-year graduate degree, that's that's med school level. Like they went to school for four years on top of their undergrad as well. So they are not trained in, in muscle function. So that is just an important thing to keep in mind. So I think a lot of women want to run back to the gym because their doctor cleared them, but their doctor cleared them for things like their uterus is back in the right place or not, are your muscles functioning correctly? So I think that's just a key thing to keep in mind. But Issues, common issues are diastasis recti, right? So where your abs are squishy in the middle and separated and then pelvic floor issues like prolapse and leaking and then pelvic pain. So women often have painful sex after having a baby and, you know, they don't understand why they don't talk about it. They don't know that can easily be helped with physical therapy. Uh, so these are some of the, probably the most common. And then you've got just traditional back pain, SI joint pain, but they're, you know, hunching to breastfeed. They're lifting awkwardly. Their core is shot because it just got so stretched out. So when you're pregnant, you have this baby taking up space in your abdomen. So it's creating intra-abdominal pressure. 
And then when the baby leaves, you've got muscles that are in a very lengthened state. So if we think about that length tension relationship, a muscle can't adequately contract if it is too long. And so that's what happens with the postpartum belly. You've got these really stretched out long muscles that are not at that perfect length tension relationship for optimal function. And then they try to go back to the gym. They try to do things to get their core back. And they they don't have that baby anymore helping to create some pressure and stability. So then they end up with back pain. And so those are probably the most common things. So would it be correct to say as a layperson or if a layperson is listening to this, essentially the muscles get to take a break because the baby is helping to provide support. And then they have the baby and the muscles are all of a sudden, what, you're asking me to do something? And in a way, I mean, you still want your abdominal muscles to fire when you're pregnant. Uh, so they, they should still help support your back and they should help support your baby. But yes, they, they become much more ineffective than they were prior to pregnancy. So they have these potential problems or I don't think, I think it's probably incorrect to call them problems. It's probably more accurate to call them adaptations since they had a significant life change for around nine months. Exactly. I mean, that's a long time for something to stretch out. And then, so people don't look at pregnancy as an injury. And I think pregnancy should be looked at as an injury. There should be that set protocol for women coming back. All right, let's get your diaphragm going down again. Let's get some back body expansion. Uh, that posterior mediastinum just locks down on pregnant women. You see the changes in the lumbar curve as well. So you look at and postpartum posture, pregnant women, their curve in their back is increased between the T12 L1 junction, not their lower lumbar. So when we think about disc and keeping disc healthy and safe, we want that nice lumbar curve, which we no longer have. The curve has moved higher. So you've got to help get rid of that higher curve and restore normal spinal motion which often comes with increased thoracic tightness, which causes more lumbar spine issues. I mean, you see where I'm going with this. The whole thing, it just, it's, there's lots of little pieces where if you do the right steps, you can come back correctly without having all of these additional issues and problems. So it's not that exercise is good. It's that the correct exercise is good. Correct. Correct. Now, if we maybe if we move differently, maybe if our lifestyle was differently. So maybe if we squatted more, squatting helps to improve our breathing. All right. So maybe if we squatted more, it would go ahead and get our breathing back like it should. Squatting helps open the pelvic floor, lengthen the pelvic floor muscles. So women with trouble with painful sex because of a tight pelvic floor, squatting can help with that. So there's lots of things I think sitting in chairs is pretty bad for us in the long run if we're not doing things to counteract it. So it sounds like a lot of these solutions could be used for anybody. So it's not just somebody who is postpartum or works with postpartum people could exercise, could benefit from your programs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just looking at how the box, how the body is functioning. All right. So here is, here is the things that go wrong and then here is how we can fix them. And I know one of the big changes I've seen in fitness and rehabilitation in the last 10, 12, 14 years is giving patients ownership. So it's not so much, oh, you come to me and I fix you and then you go away. It's more along the lines now of I can give you the tools so that I can help you, but you can also help yourself. Oh, that is – I. 
I, I that is, I guess I'm a hundred percent on board with that. No one can fix you, but you, I mean, that's nobody can. I mean, you, you determine how much, how many tools you need from someone and how much help you need, but ultimately the ball's in your court. I mean, no one else has control over your body. Uh, and maybe unless you're under the knife, uh, and a surgeon <laughs> has control, but as far as the physical therapy world goes, I just, especially women with prolapse, prolapse is so hard to decrease or heal from. And, and it's a, often a long road for women and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It's, I think it's a multifactorial issue. Uh, so I, there's just so much that goes into it. So for those women that come to me with prolapse, I'm like, all right, this is going to be two steps forward, one step back. I need you to hang in there. I need you to fight for this and I need you to learn everything you can. And so ultimately that autonomy lands in their court, which, you know, is hard, but is also really empowering. For listeners who really aren't familiar, could you just briefly describe what a prolapse is? So basically a prolapse is like a hernia in the pelvic floor. If that makes it easy. I mean, it's where you you get a defect in the pelvic floor wall and organs start to descend out, especially for common, uh, common postpartum ones. You're looking at like the bladder or the rectum or the uterus. They start to come into the vaginal wall area. So it would be just like if you had a hernia coming out of your stomach when you loaded your stomach. Except in this case, it's through the pelvic floor muscle. Except in this case, it's through the pelvic floor. Yeah, it's basically that's that's a very, very... Uh, basic, easy to understand definition, I think. And I suspect there's at least one person who's listening to this, and I would put myself in this category, who hears that and goes, oh, well, that sounds pretty obvious. Why do they have, <laughs> yes. to, why, why do they have to have a special name for it? Yeah, right. Well, you've got to identify exactly, just like you have different, you know, different hernia names for the body. I do find, though, that with the pelvic floor, the hernias that happen in the abdomen tend to happen in fascial, heavy, heavy fascial areas. So like right above the belly button where there's not muscle, it's just fascia. But in the pelvic floor, you've got all these great pelvic floor muscles. So with, with prolapse on the pelvic floor, you might get some stretching of the fascia and connective tissue there, but you still have all these great muscles that can help you out. So that's what makes it unique and pretty awesome from a rehabilitation standpoint. I just think there's a lot of potential when it comes to rehabbing prolapse. And is the uh, cause of the prolapse typically the pregnancy or the actual childbirth or both or it depends? Uh, it depends. So <laughs> there's definitely it's, – it's a pressure issue, okay, just like a hernia is in the stomach. Too much pressure causes the prolapse. So if they're putting, if they're doing heavy pushing, or maybe they end up putting pressure down when they're pregnant because they're the weight of the baby, maybe they load wrong when they get up or try to pick something up, um, pelvic floor weakness. So remember, we're looking at the ability of the pelvic floor, the strength of the pelvic floor to support the walls of the pelvic floor. So if the pelvic floor is weak, that's going to increase your risk for prolapse. Likewise, if you put a lot of pressure in the abdominal canister, so if you if you tend to bear down when you go to do something, let's say you've got to lift something really heavy, and you go to lift it, do you bear down on your pelvic floor, or does your pelvic floor naturally lift up when you exhale? Okay, so that's one of the things that I often see is women who with prolapse have a tendency to bear down when they lift things instead of having that natural deep breathing system and reactionary pelvic floor. So we're looking at a combination of things when it comes to prolapse. 
And with your business, you have what looks like on your website, two different things. I want to talk about both of them briefly. You have something called Mom Thick. Could you describe what that is and who that's intended for? Well, that was these women graduated from the pelvic floor program and they felt really great, but they were scared to go and do traditional exercise programs. A lot of them came to me where I'm not going to start naming traditional programs, but the, uh, you know, the ones you can buy online late at night where you're like, get in shape in 15 days. And so they, that had caused their issue. And so they were scared to go back into that world of get fit in 21 days. So they wanted, basically they wanted more. So I created mom fit, which is just a get in shape program because I love exercise. I loved, I started when I was, when I was newly postpartum, and I did it month by month, creating the workouts as I rehab my own body back. So I felt exactly what it was like to be out of shape, to have stretched out abs, to have tight hip flexors, to, you know, be hunching over a newborn. So that was a pretty cool aspect of it. Uh, and to just see the strength develop over the months. And this is something that they can join by the month or is it how, how does one join this? So I turned MomFit into a subscription series. So when they subscribe, they get access to all the other programs. So they get access to the pelvic floor program, the diastasis program, the SI joint fix, all that kind of stuff. I created something called Happy Hips because everybody had tight hip flexors. So basically, my products just came out of what I was hearing from these women and what they needed. So I was like, okay, you guys want to work on your you know, head and neck positioning and neck tightness and headaches. I gotcha. So then I <laughs> did something for that. So we basically just had a lot of fun going through the body and creating things. So then they have access to all these programs. And they ask me a question. They're like, hey, this hurts today or this is going wrong. I'm like, oh, well, hop in this program and do this exercise. And they're like, okay, great. So it was an easy way for me. They have the subscription series and it's an easy way for me to direct them into the right place while they get stronger and for us to deal with those little hurdles as they come. Because, you know, I mean, things happen, you know, you you overdo, you play at the park with your kid or you decide to go on this long hike, you know, it happens. And is this videos or downloadable workouts or things that are emailed to them? Uh, it's videos. It's a whole, it's like Netflix. Basically, you open up the account and it's literally like Netflix. You can choose from your videos. You can choose from your movies or your TV shows or your comedies. Like you just, there's a library and you can select what program you want. And then it lists out the uh, weeks of the program. And I know if, earlier in this interview, you mentioned that you thought all health or all medical care should be, you don't pay until you get better. What I, <laughs> what I noticed with this is you have a free five-day trial, so somebody can say, well, there's all these programs out there and everybody's jumping on the internet. And you and I talked when we were prior to starting to record about it. everybody's posting things on Instagram. This gives somebody a chance to look at this for five days and say, oh, Sarah knows what she's talking about or it's not for me. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes it's interesting who fits the most. Like you've got to be to to enjoy my program. You've got to have an interest in exercise because I'm going to spend five minutes teaching you how to do something right. And that's what the difference is. There's not this one little thing. You pop it in, you do it for 10 minutes and nobody's correcting your form. I'm going to make sure your knee is in the right place. I'm going to make sure your foot is connected to the ground correctly. I'm going to make sure your head is in the right position for every single exercise. So you've got to have a little bit of a love for, okay, I really want to fix my body. I want to put some effort into this because if it's definitely not a, uh, it's not for the person who, well, 
I, I did have a couple people in there that hate exercise, but I think I've about one of them over now that their body's starting to feel and move better. <laughs> and how long do you recommend or when somebody calls you and says, you know, how long after childbirth can I start this? And then how long do I need to continue this? Or is this an ongoing sort of thing that people do? Well, I did these two workouts, um, and I call them stronger after baby, but there's two workouts that, and I started at two weeks because I was two weeks postpartum. I was like, you know what? My back is really achy. My hip flexors feel really tight. Oh, my neck is really sore. And so I actually wrote the program based on, okay, this is helping this. This is exactly what that feels like. So I created these two workouts that I started at two weeks postpartum. Now, technically, for legal reasons, I don't want to recommend everybody start exercising at two weeks postpartum. But if you're feeling good um, as far as bleeding and that kind of sort of thing, um, especially wait a little bit longer if you have a C-section because you've got to let that, you've got to recover from major surgery. Um, but the, the workouts can be started really early. So they're meant to get your body moving. This whole, I mean, lying in bed for weeks on end, it's just, it's, it's pretty unhealthy for us. And granted, sleep is really important. And I'm definitely not advocating a mom workout over sleep for sure. But but if you have the time and inclination and you want to move a little to make your body feel better, then that's what it's there for. And then the other type of program that you have is you have a postpartum corrective exercise specialist. And I think this is how I first became aware of you by somebody interviewed Menachem uh, Brody. And he said, you know, this is a really neat program that I took. What is postpartum corrective exercise specialist? Well, I, I ended up with a lot of physical therapists in my pelvic floor program. A lot of ortho PTs were taking it. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. What are you guys doing in here? This I wrote it for lay people. So I realized I have a ton of trainers, a ton of Pilates teachers, yoga instructors, physical therapists in my lay people programs. And I was like, you guys are helping other people. You need the why behind this. So the the corrective exercise specialist is is the why behind everything. It's the thought process that goes in behind it. It's the research. It's the programming. It's the, okay, if this doesn't work, try this. And if that doesn't work, try that. So it's uh, it's made for professionals that want to help postpartum women. And maybe they already have a good background in exercise, but they just don't know. They don't know. You know, you, you just, the postpartum is a, it's its own little world. It's a special population. It's just like if you're dealing with somebody who has autism or somebody who's who's uh, confined to a wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've 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 definitely got the you know the ortho and the the stroke, and I think there's so many different, like you were saying, there's so many different uh, branches of physical therapy uh, that we can utilize. And this program is going the way that a lot of education is going. It's 100% online. So somebody's listening to this podcast and they're going, you know, I want to learn more about this. How does the postpartum corrective exercise specialist program work? I know it opens January of 2018 for registration. Yes, I've got a group going through it right now, which is it's pretty great. But there is a PowerPoint presentation and then there is a bunch of exercises and then there's a bunch of case studies. So you watch people go through the exercises, uh, you watch troubleshooting, you watch it go wrong. Uh, and I did it online because I'm a mom of two small kids. And if I were leaving my husband every other weekend to teach a course, he would kill me. <laughs> so, so and, and I know there's a lot of other women that are in my boat that are postpartum themselves. They have small kids at home. They really want to get some great information. They want to look at turning their business toward helping other women because like me, they went through things and they realized the need in their community. 
And so that's why I made this program is, and I made it online. I, I really hope in the future I'm going to do some in-persons and there's going to be a level two where we get together and we troubleshoot and we go through exercises in person and uh, we check everything out. So I'm excited about that. But at this point in life, it just is the best option. And this lasts a number of weeks. How many weeks does it last? It's 12 weeks. It is a monster of a course. So it is, I'm not going to lie. Like if you want a little course that you can do in 15 minutes, this is not the course. It is going to require two to three hours a week minimum of your time, probably more. Um, that's a, a base level. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty hefty, pretty hefty course. I just wanted to get everything out. So, and the intended population is physical therapists, personal trainers, yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, moms who are geeks for information and want to know the why, not just the how. Yes, actually I have one of the women helping me with editing and, uh, making PDFs and things like that. And the quiz, she is not a personal trainer. She's just a mom who was a college athlete and works out all the time. And now she's halfway through the course helping me with it. And she's like, I'm going to go be a personal trainer now. So I think it's, it's kind of one of those inspiring courses where you're taking it and it's, it's fueling that passion for, okay, here's how the body works. Let me solve problems. Let me be interested in this again. And I think it's pretty cool. I'm sure somebody listening to this is wondering is it possible or do you offer CEUs from various organizations for this? I believe with physical therapists, it literally depends from state to state and they would have to apply themselves. But are there Correct. other are there other national organizations that you offer uh, CEUs? So the secret behind CEUs is basically every organization just wants you to pay them money. And I have, it doesn't ban me now from organizations for saying that out loud on a podcast, but it's so true. Every single one, you just, you give them money for a course approval. Uh, so all of my courses prior to this have been certified through the NASM and PMA. And so I'm planning on submitting this course again uh, to them for 2018. So I I don't see, I don't think it will not be certified. I haven't submitted it yet, but I don't think it will not be certified since they've certified all the rest of them. Uh, But I was really careful in the course not to say patient anywhere because that's one of their sticklers. Sometimes it was a little awkward and I was like, oh, oh, client. Yes, definitely client. But I just feel like it's good information and it's exercise based. And I feel like trainers and Pilates teachers and every, they're doing movement, they're doing exercises. So they need to they need to understand a little bit more of the depth behind everything. And anybody who's listening probably is curious. So even if you don't get CEUs and it's good information, if it helps you professionally, it's worthwhile. Yeah, I really I spend a lot of money on continuing at a year, but it's paid me back my whole career. It's paid me back, I think, tenfold. I mean, it, if if in no other way than building passion and keeping me enthralled with this profession, keeping me excited about helping people. I mean, you learn something new, you want to apply it. You get excited about that person you're going to see where you you have this new new tool in your toolbox that is going to help the next person that walks in the door. So I think I really like to keep a course running all the time, whether that's a new book or a new online course or just something where, you know, at least a little part of my day I spend pouring back into me, which I think is really important if you're pouring into other people for a living. 
And I think that's probably one of the big areas from when I was in school that physical therapy has changed. Physical therapists have generally become much more active than maybe they used to be when they use the excuse, I don't have time. And now they make the time because I think mm-hmm. it makes them better professionals. Nobody has the time. Everybody's busy. I mean, you you are the curator of your life. You We all have the same amount of time. You just have to decide how to use it. We've had the good fortune to talk to Dr. Sarah Duvall. Sarah is a physical therapist based in the Boston area. She has a business, Core Exercise Solutions, where she deals with women's health. She offers a mom fit program and a postpartum corrective exercise program for professionals. Or if you're a mom who is interested in not only knowing how to do something, but why. So if you have somebody that you know who's postpartum or somebody who is maybe interested in learning more and maybe expanding their clientele as a personal trainer, yoga instructor, Pilates instructor, physical therapists, and I suspect some uh, medical physicians, if they're movement-based, like osteopaths might benefit from this also, give Sarah's website a look. We'll have that in the show notes. Sarah, I want to thank you for taking time to talk to Moving to Live this afternoon. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This was really great. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Moving to Live. Make sure you check out the show notes for contact information for our latest guest, as well as links about all the things we talked about. Intro and exit music is Traveling Light by Jason Shaw. You can subscribe to Moving to Live on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and be notified about new episode releases. Have any questions, comments, or suggestions? Drop us an email, mov2liv at gmail.com. Connect with us on Twitter or Instagram, both underscore MOV number two LIV. Please tell your friends about Moving to Live. It's a go-to place for information for movement and exercise professionals and amateur aficionados who understand that movement is part of what makes your life complete. Until next week, keep on moving.